before we start this podcast, go and hit the five-star button on iTunes for us to get discovered. Thanks. This is Jason Bailey from ArtGnome.com. Welcome back to episode 19, AOTB, Art on the Blockchain, with your host, Cynthia Gayton, and me, BJJ Skrilla. We are uh, coming to you live from Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., again and again and again. Shout out to Depth Charge Studios. We are covering, or wrapping up coverage of the Ethereal Summit that took place last month. This is uh, an interview we had, today's feature guest anyway, is an interview we had with uh, Dada, or conversation I should say, with Dada, the ladies from Dada, and um, very good, 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 good conversation, I had fun with that one. Yeah, they were so excited, Bea and uh, Judy were, you know, on top of the world at that point, they just had uh, learned about an investment in Dada, so that was awesome to be there in the moment. Yeah. And they were also excited to uh, talk to us. We've seen them a couple of times, so it's all, the whole the whole um, event was was pretty cool because everybody was so enthusiastic. Yeah, Dada, we had been talking to them since January about doing an interview with them, and you know they have a lot going on, so we want to make sure we uh, had it right. And, <laughs> and since then, uh, our friend Jason Bailey has announced that he's coming on as advisor for uh, Dada. Yep. Yeah, so shout out to him and uh, with Dank Art podcast, Art Gnome. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on in the uh, blockchain art and music space. It's just almost too much to cover at this yeah, point. <laughs> like, it really is, because every time I think I have a list, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it expands. But we can't talk about just the news. We have to talk to, to people, too. Yeah, it's getting crazy. Uh, our last... Uh, podcast about uh, focus on the music. Uh, we're getting some good feedback about that. People are generally interested in uh, music and blockchain. And we, you, you had that uh, posted that article from Mixmag. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that about? Well, it was it was really interesting. They it was you know because I'm a big Mixmag fan, fan and Marcus Dowling we talked to. He writes for them, and so it was right on time with uh, putting out his. Um, his podcast with uh, Matt Hall to talk about music, but it was generally covering what artists or musicians in particular can expect from blockchain technology, and it, and it highlighted all the things we've been talking about, which is getting paid quickly, um, finding some way. We have these uh, entities that are collecting royalties on artists' behalf, and then they don't know what the algorithms are, they don't know how to calculate it. Uh, or how the artists don't understand how it's being calculated, and this article addressed that and was 
hopeful that uh, there would be a, some blockchain solutions to to these ongoing problems that we've talked about. And it was almost as long as we've been <laughs> yeah. doing this podcast. It's good to see some journalists outside of the blockchain journalism uh, speak on this subject because it reaches the actual audience that matters, which is musicians and people that are music people or, or listen to music and people that listen or read articles in Mixmag are generally uh, highly or more educated music listeners. Well, they're and they're they're DJs, and I just I just like reading what they have to say and yeah. listening to the music they recommend. Well, I think it helps <laughs> out because it's it's just like when blockchain people talk about music and music on a blockchain, people that are in the music industry or music lovers are attending these shows and. You know, you're just music lovers, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. It's like, <laughs> you're talking about your blockchain. Big, stop pumping Bitcoin, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I think that's the most difficult thing. We talk about education. I definitely think talking about, you know, finance and understanding what these things are is, is there's that's still a big gap. Yeah. Because the self-education, even when you do it yourself, you get wrong information sometimes. And uh, the, this this industry is no different from from any other um and i think like with the the folks who are wondering what's the problem with musicians and getting paid um it's one thing when you're a listener and consumer you you don't know the generally know the business side of it yeah you shouldn't have to care about it oh and there was one quote in there and i'm gonna probably misstate it but he was commenting about you know when beyonce's releases come out you don't Understand that she's getting a one percent of the rights to the song because she has eighteen other writers on the song, sure. so all of them are getting a cut. And, Beyonce she's, is the face of that production. She's right. not. She didn't make that. Right. Like I mean, she she's great and she does. She performs it and executes it well. That's why she is who she is. Right. But and, it's a team of people. Right. And those are generally unnamed. You don't know necessarily all the people who are behind. Um, the artist in, in that way so it's that's that's one unless you cop the Beyonce vinyl record which <laughs> probably have all the <laughs> credits and liner notes oh exactly <laughs> but th- that was a that was probably one of the best things in that article was identifying specifically what how the uh, how the industry works and how records are put together and and how uh, authors composers are splitting their their shares on it on an album, so yeah. or their interest in an album, so it's it, that it was one of the best articles, in my in my opinion, on the music industry and, uh, and blockchain. Yeah, and generally, just to get into the music industry as a newcomer, you usually have to sell over or hand over money, many of your rights to even get into it. Like until you're established, then you can start making your own rules. But you know, one hit wonders. There's so many of them, and they come and go, and uh, you know, they might have a big record. They sign away all their rights. You know, and it, you know that's just because you have to almost to get in because it's a compete, the competition. People are addicted to you know wanting to be that person or that star and live that life. But um, to get there, you have to make a shitload of sacrifices. Not only with your family and friends, girlfriend, your wife, but uh, or sorry, I'm probably. Right, being uh, something there, <laughs> like your your boyfriend or your monkey friend or whatever your whatever's your, your going partner. on there, your partner. <laughs> Sorry, humans. <laughs> God. <laughs>
I don't want to get called out. All right? We love everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of day. It is yeah. Friday it's here in Friday D.C. Friday morning, yeah. <laughs> it's raining outside. Uh, so children are still separated from their parents. Yeah, that's fucked up. Fuck yeah. That day in D.C. Yeah, is there a protest today? I don't know if there's... I know there have been protests, but, you know, there are probably things going on right now in D.C., but it is it's raining pretty hard. Are people talking about blockchain and these children? What the fuck are you talking about, man? I hope not. <laughs> Well, I'm saying that people are talking about property rights and uh, putting things on the blockchain. Like, is this? Oh. I'm just surprised that I haven't heard some some some, some person. Like, we can save these children by putting them on the blockchain. Well, somebody was made a comment. They said, even when I put my car in for repairs, I get a receipt. Right. Right. So how do people not when you separate children from their parents and you don't give any information to the parent of where yeah, this child is? I mean that's uh, there's a there's that this there's is no what, justification. It's kind of a, a is like the point of what we were talking about earlier on the car ride over here is uh, customer service. Right. That's terrible customer service on the U.S. government's part. Right. It, Seriously, I got that at the very end of the day. Like that's awful. Yeah. Like how do you who do you go to to fix that? Who do you go to? And then as a child, I don't know. You know, any child who's been lost in a mall and a shopping center i mean how devastating yeah. that is those are those are memories that are indelible imagine this the memory these kids are gonna have i lost my kid for for like 20 minutes at the beach one day and i, I was like the most excruciating shit ever i thought oh my god yeah. it's not the way to do it these parents are going through and they think they're coming to a better life and this is what they're faced with yeah so we're gonna try to get onto a positive note here, though. <laughs> Blockchain is here to save the world. <laughs> but no, seriously, that that, that does suck. I don't this, this, unfortunately, this isn't a podcast about that. Though. We're gonna move on to more yeah. happier things, <laughs> like uh, Dada's interview. Yeah. Um, before that, though, we have Cynthia Gayton's top 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 five new news. Well, well, well this is. A short list, even though there are many other things going on, I wanted to at least uh, talk about a few things. So as of today, and today is the 22nd of June, an unknown buyer purchased artwork by Benjamin Katz called Chasing Hearts slash Northern Lights from the Atto Gallery, an online gallery founded by Carrie Eldridge for 150 Bitcoin, or the equivalent of more than $1.25 million at the time of the sale. It's a mixed-media piece and not digital art, so I wanted to you know, emphasize that. The gallery plans on launching its own currency, ADO Tokens, via an ICO to raise $10 million. In an interesting twist, at least to me, um, a piece, the piece's value is determined by a custom algorithm, which analyzes curators, appraisers, art experts, as well as past sales and artist resume. This is pretty pretty amazing. I'd like to see how all this held this comes together because these are all kind of subjective measurements um and i'd also like to see is this apply to every piece that they show in their in their gallery um but it it would be really interesting to see how that that operates um second item um on may 22nd a report called the art market 2.0 blockchain and the financialization of visual arts it's by duncan mcdonald korth Vili. Lyndon Verta and Eric Meyer 
uh, supported by the University of Oxford and the Alan Turing Institute was released. Some takeaways from the report, I'd encourage you to, to look at it, um, but these are some things that I thought were interesting in terms of quotes from the, uh, from the report. Our research has shown us that despite our frequently being seen as niche, standalone sector, the battle over blockchain and the way in which it is implemented here may have extensive implications for its adoption across the rest of the economy. And this is um, British economy or England's economy. Uh, the met- Number two, the method of this report is ethnographic. This means that our aim is not to interrogate stakeholders' view on the blockchain against technical realities, but to treat them as evidence of the hopes and fears that stakeholders attach to technology. And this is a really interesting uh, aspect of this of this study because the certainly people's feelings about their investments and the art itself are are important to analyze. Number three, art market liquidity and value are likely to soar if digital ledger technologies are successfully introduced, uh, creating new side industries such as the boom in art-based lending and making art an integral part of the financial industry. And this is part of, a, I guess, on our art decentralized, art project decentralized chat, they were talking about um, fractional own, or fractional yeah, ownership yeah. Of, of pieces. And I've Sorry. always wondered how that's going to work because I like, if I'm going to buy art, I want it in my place. Sure. <laughs> but if it's just an investment... Two different ways. I saw the last couple of comments in there before I came in here this yeah. morning. Like you and Travis were um, on the other side of that, and then the other guy kind of had a you know a point that too the, the investment side. It's just two different realms, I guess. Of right. Why you want the art? Right. Do, if want, do you think it's going to go up in value? It's an investment, or do you just want to hang it? Right. The diversification and that also goes to a lot of what we've been seeing with the huge prices in art. With charity, mm-hmm. um, are people caring about the charity, or are they caring about the art? And, I, yeah. and if you're an artist, like maybe you don't, you may or may not care. But I think you might care if you're an artist. You want people to actually appreciate the art, your your art, if you're living. Right. <laughs> but it's a lot easier to raise money for your artwork with charity as well. As right. But then, and then that is at least a price you can point to and say, my art sold sold for this amount. Yeah, but then like you said, what are the metrics? Yeah. It's subjective. Like if you sold that at another place. Right. It's always just, yeah. Yeah. Um, number four, the UK is likely to lose out on tax and royalties if, if it does not work hard to adopt digital art technologies. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things in here related uh, to what we're again? talking about. <laughs> the UK is likely, and we could substitute the UK with the US if you feel like it, uh-huh. to lose out on tax and royalties if it does not work hard to adopt digital art technologies. Wow. The links are... Are we seeing, like, the art? Because I don't know, but I'm kind of new in this art world in the past year so. Like, is this, like, uh, is art becoming more of, like, a currency amongst the world? Like, is that what's going on? Like, I think it always has been. Right. You know, so I think what's it's now, a, it's, right. it's a lot more... Um, Revealed. I mean, it's it's naked in the sense that it's it, nobody's even. I don't. I don't know too many people say this is just the most beautiful piece I've ever seen. Nobody's saying. I mean, when I look at it, it's like nobody's saying this is. This struck me to my core, and I had to. Ha- it had to have it. That's, so are they buying it because the artist is hot or the company is hot or like what? I don't know. How is it? Yeah, I mean, it, it it 
like I said, is always interesting to me because I go going to, you know, I go to these shows and I don't understand, personally don't understand why people are interested in them. And there's no amount of money I'd pay. Right. But it, so it must be something else. And I'm, I was in a conversation uh, with somebody on uh, LinkedIn and I said, you know, I don't want to judge anybody's um, taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to have to assume that there's something that they are seeing in this work that I just don't see. <laughs> I think, like, I don't, and this is just the blockchain part, but I think the blockchain art, the reason that it is sometimes higher pricing makes people's jaws drop a lot of times is because people are also paying for what they think it will be worth in the future if blockchain art does become a major force down the road for a long time because then what you're seeing in this time right now is the first pieces over the last couple of years um, that have been sold either as crypto art or art for crypto or um, art using the blockchain etc like that so it, it's almost like you know buying a book from you know 2,000 years ago like it could have been the worst book ever and it might be tattered and torn apart but you're gonna pay like 40 grand for it because it was a historical artifact about literature and and people you know that time period of how hard it was to get a book and all that stuff this is the same thing I think I think I don't you know prices might not be inflated I don't know probably are but I think that that's what that's why you're seeing like I mean trading cards on the blockchain go for hundreds and thousands of dollars and crypto kitties go for hundreds and thousands of dollars and shit upwards of what Because people are like, all right, I'm taking a risk reward here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that's that's also goes back to the to the finances that we were talking about. If if your tax advisor is telling you you made too much money in your cryptocurrency, you need to do something with it, and there's only so many things you can buy. Yeah. <laughs> then you can take a loss basically because if you got the currency at X and it's worth X as a result of the increase. And then you put it in buying things because at least you can point to the well. This is the thing that I bought. Right. Um, you can take a you can take a loss, or you can, or it turns into an asset. That so all you know you want to have maybe some transparency in your in, uh, where your money is. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's a tax advisors who are telling folks. You Use know, your crypto to buy some shit. Yeah, get get it out of your pocket because it's just, you know, just it's obscene. <laughs> Maybe it's obscene <laughs> how much money you made. All your Ethereum <laughs> holders are obscene. <laughs> that's that's all. That's what I'm thinking because it, it there are definitely because I'm like one of these people. I've spent hundreds of dollars on on rare books and uh, and I never want them to go away. They'll have to take it out of my house. <laughs> right. So. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and the Warhol um, sale, oh, yeah, the fractional. Yeah, that we'll see. It's only forty nine percent. Now I thought that was going to be all the yeah, entire thing. And that's only- fucked up. So like, they're you still don't control any. All these people that are p- buying in into this Warhol. You all aren't controlling anything. Any you have no voting power on it. And you don't have it in your house. Yeah, and that's secondary, of course. But um, yeah, yeah. Most people aren't gonna have a Warhol in their house for twenty dollars investment. Whatever you're investing, <laughs> <laughs> cough up that cool mill, bro. 
Exactly. Uh, number three, uh, June 12th article, Blockchain Art, the Market is Here and What You Need to Know, uh, was posted on Cult Bytes, written by Stephen Buchko. talks about the Sothicorn Project that, according to the Fine Art Expert Institute, FAEI in Geneva, uh, which said in 2014 that over 50% of the artwork that they examined are either forged or misattributed to incorrect artists. Um, they also mentioned the Scarab Experiment, Rare Pepe Trading Cards, and Curio Cards. And this is interesting because they're, you know, we know folks who are in the uh, provenance space and trying to uh, combat fraud. And there was a there was an article that um, I read recently that was trying to figure out where does the you know the fraud come from. There was a fraud statistic of about forty uh, percent. Um, it's like where does that come from? And it might have come from from this report. So uh, Jess Holray was interviewed, and somebody asked her where the edge came from, and it could have come from this. Um, so check out the report. Um, article called Artists as Crypto Financiers, Welcome to the Blockchain by Ben Luke talks about Art Basel and the blockchain's influence on the, on the conference programming, including a group discussion by Simon Denny and quotes Ruth Catlow of Furtherfield. Ben Vickers, CTO of Serpentine Galleries in London. Uh, there are short bios of the artists Primavera de Filippi, Ed Cornelis, Rob Myers, Jonas Lund, and Sarah Friend. So I would recommend checking that out. Shout out to Rob and Ruth. That's a nice. And then a new to me department, Elastos. I just found out about this. Have you heard of this? Um. This organization has proposed to adopt a flexible main chain and side chain blockchain design structure. All right. Get your... Re- rewind. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is, quote, adopt a flexible main chain and side chain blockchain design structure. Yeah. Say so, that three times fast. <laughs> because Ethereum blockchains are made for, cons- in another quote, consensus-based record-keeping but lack computation speed or flexibility. In addition, this is why they created this uh, business. In addition, because blockchains are designed to record transactions, not store data, they're proposing a product called Elastos Runtime, which will run on a customer's device or PC, which is interesting. So you would actually, um, the, the system would be running off your your device. The data or the information would be on your device and would not be um located anywhere else, so you still have to maintain some security on your own devices. What is interesting about this is that Elastos hopes to solve the problem of legitimate access to, to a digital asset by, quote, creating an environment in which the digital asset all takes place on Ethos Smart Web, unquote, requiring access to abide by the terms of the smart contract. That's kind of interesting because that, that will continue to um, require the smart contract to be active so in order for you to get access to the digital asset you'd have to go and, and confirm that you have uh, proper authority to to see the digital asset so that's kind of interesting uh, they have an extensive schedule that might be worth checking out they have an elastos video contest with a deadline of july 15th um, there's a fresco art award competition sponsored by fresco and elastos with the theme of blockchain runs through August 22nd. This is a Ethereum thing. Right? Yeah. You got any more top that was, five? That was it. That was it. 
All right, that was a long top five. Sorry about that. But now uh, you get to hear us talk to the ladies, Judith and Beatrice of Dada NYC. Okay, party people in the house. house. All right, ladies and gentlemen and other, we have the world's famous Dada NYC in the building. Judy and Bea are in the house, and this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it since the Rare Art Festival back in January. We have the pleasure of sitting down with the two lovely ladies, and we want to know about Dada. Um, I guess there's a lot to cover, but um, let's start before blockchain. How did Dada start, and how did you all start that community? I just have to say, this is my lifelong dream come true. This is Judy. <laughs> I've been pestering these guys for this to happen. I, I almost feel sorry for them at this point. But that but actually is the brainchild of Beatrice, who is sitting right next to me. And I think maybe you should tell the story. Okay. Hi, 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 hi. I'm Beatrice. Uh, and uh, so the idea started because we, we thought to build a social network for artists. And then we asked ourselves, well, how would that look like? If it can't look like Facebook, uh, how would you post an update uh, in a visual way? How would you answer it in a creative way, right? So, and that was it, the, the thinking behind it. We knew that if we, that it was not about collaboration, because if it was our collaboration, we would have made it that you can draw over somebody's drawing. It was really more about how you can have a visual conversation. And that's what drove all our decisions. And we came up with uh, what Dada is today, which is a, a social network where people speak to each other through drawings. Uh, you make a drawing, anyone in, around the world can reply with another drawing, and, and other people can join in, right? So you get this like beautiful conversations. Like you're really, listening in, in quotes right like you, are, you look at what somebody did you interpret it and you take the time to answer to that uh, now that we're going to blockchain then it's becoming something that where this community is it's, it's, we're going to transform it into an economy cool what year did you start Dada? we actually uh, six years ago okay. the very first uh line of code was July 2012 okay. uh, and you got into blockchain around October of last year is that yeah right? six months ago yeah yeah and it's been incredible it's been an incredible ride y'all yeah y'all had a- some fantastic news come out today yes so uh, today we uh, consensus announced that we're now part of their portfolio companies cool. so we're gonna work with them uh, we're extremely excited because they I mean as you can imagine there are not that many VCs that can get us yeah we're really for a pure mission we want to give UBI to artists um, we don't want to work with the usual revenue models what, what is exciting to me is that we can actually invent new business models that are uh, based on our values so we're excited to work with them because that's exactly what they're trying to do so and yeah you have a question well no no no. i was just listening if i find it so what was it did you get an idea of what it was i mean understanding values is one thing but do you were you able to get the the thing that tipped them towards you guys 
can you is there something that they is that a particular piece of art was there something that you all said that encouraged them to pursue that kind of to work with you uh, consensus yeah uh, I think I think because we were one of the uh, first com first projects in the blockchain to prove the, that that there was a use case for art um, I mean, there was a lot of crypto, but there was crypto punks and all, but we were the real art, right? We're real artists behind. You have thousands of artists in your community, we have, right? Yeah, we have. How uh, many? Yeah, we have 160,000 registered users, and we have thousands of artists that are active, right? So um, we got all this hype, as as you have, you've been witnessing, uh, this industry go crazy. Uh, and at the same time, though, if you can see, we were very careful of not putting out collections over... We just put one collection and we haven't put any other because yeah. for us it's not about sales. Um, and, and it's not about selling at all costs either. Um, but I think they saw the vision. They saw the long-term vision. They saw the, the opportunity for us to be not only leaders in the market and that kind of thing, but to actually make change possible so yeah you think it has some because i have a working theory that there's just there's some benefit in having done it first of you course. guys had a business Before first and yes of course i mean uh for people it's kind of difficult to understand that the blockchain part just happened in october but and that we have been around for six years uh, and also because we're keeping uh, the the marketplace separate from from the drawing uh, the social network because precisely we the moment that we put like a little register cash register in that site it's going to completely change the nature of it and we we need to preserve the magic of it yeah so it is yeah you know now uh, we are uh, perceived as being the OGs and stuff like that and we were not the first because there were rare peppies and the CryptoPunks guys we, who uh, inspired us and were extremely generous with us in terms of the technical know-how. But, but we are one of the first projects that actually has a product out there and, and that had a, you know, a community behind it, which is, I also think, one of the reasons, um, a very important reason why Consensus yeah. uh, is interested in us. And you all are hardworking ladies. You all are around and about. You all are, are hitting everywhere, it seems like. And you're writing articles, you have the site, your community. So, I mean, I see Dada everywhere. I don't know if there's more than you two ladies, no. but God, <laughs> yo, yo. We're like four people. But, you know, one of the things that I love the about this community... The hasn't been able to do that yet. To duplicate you guys. Exactly. <laughs> I want my own ver version of blockchain and hers too. No, but but one thing, I come from advertising and one of the things that blew my mind at the Rare Art Festival where we, where we all met and even before when we were talking to the CryptoPunks guys, when we were talking to other people, is the level of community and collaboration, you know, because in other industries, it's just not how it works. You go to someone, you say, oh, I'm like trying to figure out blockchain. Hey, here's my code, you know, like, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's open source, but not only that, we're all invested in people being successful, at, you know, and, and in projects really proving their 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 worth and so it's a great community so the reason why you see us it's because it feels natural because we have a community that is always you know giving us feedback yeah. and in that way it doesn't feel like shilling or it doesn't feel like it feels like yeah you we don't are, have to sell yourself exactly, so the community sells exactly. it for y'all 
Yeah. So, and the reputation has been built. It wasn't your reputation didn't start last October, right? You had, you're, you had a reputation, established which, reputation. Which is why she said she you, like Judy said you can't put a cash register next to everything now because right. then it would just changes the change everything. You got to sl- probably slowly work into how you want to see your community that you built. Yes. Go forward. And it's very, very interesting how we have like a, an older generation of users that are very used to data and they love it. And as Bea explained in her talk, they are concerned that uh, they're very happy for us. They're very happy for the investment, but they're like, if this changes my experience, the magic, the connection that I have yeah. with people, I would hate that for that to disappear. Because artists are so, fickle. Yeah, but the new people who have just heard the blockchain component or the gallery component, they're very eager, and I don't blame them. Uh, they're very eager to go, how can I upload my work? Uh, how can I sell on that? And we're like, we need to onboard you so that you understand that you're going to become part of a community first, and you're going to express yourself and get to know people, and people will get to know you. And... If we if we nail this thing, then you will get some money without ever even worrying about it. That's you'll have we like a govern almost a governance aspect, like without being governance, like because you no. get into your community and it's not like you gotta work your way into like getting to know. Uh, getting we have to, know. to like you. <laughs> you gotta, like meet everybody on the island, so to speak. Like yeah, shake so, hands. And yeah. So so that kiss that, the babies. Yes, exactly. That that's how it feels. Yeah. Like as soon as you're you're in there, the community is very encouraging. So they they will respond to you. They will like what you're doing. Like I mean, they're very very encouraging. And then you get used to people, and you get used to their styles. You feel like you know them, right? It, it, if a new person comes on there and starts a conversation, they've never drawn anything, and they start a conversation with a drawing. How does that go? Like. Does that work for artists? Yeah. So, so what what happens usually is that the old the, the artists that have been there for a while, they by their own initiative they like to say hello and welcome to the new person. And the way you do that is just by replying, right? Okay. So you you all of a sudden you see somebody from Indonesia that you've never seen before, then they just naturally are inclined to say hi. Yeah. And. And, and welcome you with and, a drawing. And saying hi in Dada NYC is drawing, drawing a picture back at their picture. Which exactly. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't say hi or welcome. <laughs> you just There's no words. Give you, yeah, they just give you a gift, which can, is... Can uh, you put words in the drawings on Dada? Yeah, That's loud, can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's also a little space where you can comment, but really mostly, and people do, they sometimes share links about some music that inspire them or they make a joke, but really their actual communication is, is truly drawn and it's so interesting. We are, as humans, so used to just repeating patterns, right? So no matter, we explain all the time. You have to draw with our little shitty little tool, yeah. you know. Uh, and people still ask, so how do I upload? And it's not, it's Don't not upload. their fault. It's because that's how yeah. we do everything else. But here, yesterday I came up with a phrase. It's like digital ha- handmade. You know, it's like you're <laughs> making it by hand, but on the computer. Yeah, and it's cool to have. Like you don't have all the tools, so you're given a tool basket. And it is what it is, and everybody has the same tools. So you're creating off that. Like, I kind of, um, I, I like that because, you know, it, it makes it kind of like a fair thing too. Like, um, I, when I started making music back in the day, I had a, a MPC, and it only had 10 seconds of memory. 
and I could have upgraded it to 128 and had all the sound stuff. But for two years, I kept it at 10 seconds of memory just to make myself better and learn it all. And it helps. Like I think people the would probably. It's restrictions help you grow creatively, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So that that's part of like somebody was telling me that they 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 loved that, but the only thing that they that he didn't like was that we were forcing people to use our tool, and and to me it's a very important issue because basically what I think is wrong with digital art is that you don't there's no way to make mistakes, right? You yeah. have undo, you have yeah, layers, yeah, yeah. you have all that. It's so safe. True. There is no way to really be expressive. I mean, you have to work your way to actually be expressive. You can get rid of the soul. Like a lot of times, the mistakes exactly, are the exactly. soul. You know. Exactly. So what you have on that is yeah. soul. Yeah, yeah. And that is the reason it's because you're coming back to like pen and paper to the minimum. But yeah. there's also the fact that people are less intimidated if you don't if you don't consider yourself an artist, which is important to us. Right. Uh, to have people, regular people. But it's also for the artists. They understand that it's not about making this masterpiece and showing your work. It is about just putting it out there and talk to other people. Yeah. Right? So it's an important distinction. Beatrice was really adamant. It was really funny. She wanted a really basic tool. And uh, because people are used to Photoshop and stuff like that. And she said, I don't want there even to be an undo button. And I remember Abraham and I said to her, no, you need to give people at least that crotch, you know? Like Five undoes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what, what is interesting that you bring up is that this tool, you know, we have really accomplished artists, fine artists, professors of, you know, of drawing. One of your master teachers is, is on Dada. And we have people who are very talented but have never had any training they're all using the same yeah. tool so it's really like an even playing ground yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and so we had an artist who was lo loved to do fantasy stuff he bitched and moaned every day <laughs> about why don't you have layers and why don't you have this and why but he was drawing and at some point you know i said like if you are Hate so it. disgruntled how come you keep drawing right. you know so, I mean, in the end, it was like he still was getting a lot of out of it, you know, even with... The, for some people, maybe it may be difficult to let go of that perfection, but this is something that we encourage. Um, it's like upgrading your software. Like, people like the previous version and like... And then they, they, they learn, eventually, how to work with the tool they have. Well, even when you have a conversation, you might say something... You know, you don't mean to say or slip up, but you can't undo that. You can't undo that. You can't undo that. You can't undo that. Exactly. So it, <laughs> it's a conversation. Exactly. So the, there is a difference, for instance, yeah. like that for me is like the difference of doing a presentation like the one I did yesterday yeah. and, and how you talk or having a casual conversation with friends. Right. And that is what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. With friends. Everybody should be a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, but what, another thing that is really interesting is like we have this amazing artist. He's new to Dada. His name is Joe Chapera. He's a that great. Awesome. Yeah, we had know, Joe on the podcast Joe. earlier. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he's been drawing and giving us ideas, and he draws this amazing Quickly, like too, comic awesome. book stuff. And uh, what was I going to say about Joe? Ah, that, <laughs> that he's new. He's new. No, but new like, to the platform. I, I lost my train of thought. Let me. You can't undo that. Sorry Shout about out that. to Joe. Yes.
we, we, we luckily have post production, so we can undo this oh, con- good, that good, part good. of the conversation. Good, good. <laughs> we don't have that kind of conversation. It was, it was kind of a fun thing. You can't undo that. Can, when, did, can, when did Joe come on board? Very, very recently, like maybe a, a month ago or so. And he had a lot of questions about, you know, and at the beginning, some, some people have a, a bit of friction because it's a new system and also they're used to all the mentality of how do I get value out of this, this monetary. But, I mean, we answered all his questions. In fact, we're actually going to meet with him because he has a lot of ideas. But the interesting thing is at the beginning he was a little bit reluctant and now he's drawing up like uh, yeah. crazy. And Oh, for instance, he did this beautiful thing because he does a lot about his life. You know, his drawings are about what his conversations with his kids. Yeah. And at some point, he, he did a drawing about the drawing game and the daughter asked, who wins at this game? And Joe said, nobody wins. Everybody plays, but nobody wins. And that's exactly that's the Donna. spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's been just a, a joy to talk to yeah. because... The positive, the energy that comes from him is so positive. It's like, is this a real person? <laughs> and he, it is so sincere because it's not like, you know, one day to the next he's different, you know, and sometimes he's in a you know, good mood or whatever. It's, it's con- con- consistent that his soul is, is like that, at least, if, at least in my opinion. I wonder if, are there, are there conversations on Dada that aren't happy? Do, yes, do, yes. Do people, do, is there like some beef Dada, like... Talking shit to each the other. Arguments on uh, actually yeah. no. Actually, it's interesting because the conversations may come from a place where people use Dada to feel better. Okay. Some some have told us that it helps with their depression. That it helps them get away. Art from, therapy kind of. It's like art therapy, and so sometimes people draw their their state of mind. Uh, we uh, haven't had like visual trolling, for instance, because we kind of we used to have dick pictures you know because you know like there, there's something called time to dick and and it's it's a time time to penis or time to time to penis which is when you create a visual platform uh, there is going in human nature right, it's right. embedded that how many how seconds will it take for someone to draw a dick picture and we had some dick pictures we had them of course And people, our artists were starting. How long to did it take? Complain. What no, was the it time? Was while, but, <laughs> but then, but we One solved. Day. <laughs> we solved that problem by gamifying the conversation so that it. You need to kind of earn your way into a conversation a little bit. You can't just. Uh, go into a conversation, a beautiful conversation, and draw a dick right, picture, right? right? right. So you need to accrue 200 <laughs> points, which is not that much. Get your reputation. And up. somehow that kind of that, that took care of it. Now to answer your question, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so the uh, Jason Bailey, uh, when I when I told him that you have to accrue 200 uh, points, he said, "Oh, so now we learn that people who, who draw dicks are lazy." <laughs> <laughs> But to answer your question, uh, in the beginning, because we were trying to tackle that problem, we actually made that we could censor it. I'm anti any censoring, like we don't do anything on that. But in the beginning, we didn't, you know, we were trying to figure it out. So we did censor this guy who was all the time on the platform. And he all he did really was a, a, a bot. 
But it felt like a, a little bit like a trolling at, because of the way the conversation was coming. It just felt like he was trolling. Or he was 12. Right? So, so, we, so we censored it. And that made him go into a hole. Like, he just went into a, how do you call it? Like a, a trade, like how we were censoring and how wrong that was for art. And, but all visual. It was this conversation wow, wow. that he was having with himself, and I thought it was so amazing. That it, and he was right. <laughs> and so, so we took out the censoring, and I talked to him, uh, chatted to him, but basically he like made a revolution, visual, without just like uh, with drawings. So that was pretty That's amazing. That's crazy, yeah, yeah. The other thing that happened is that one artist got, got you know, in touch with us and said, you know, We are tired of the dick pictures, but what if we did legitimate dick pictures? Like, what if we did erotic art? Right. And uh, can we? And I said, sure. Why not? As long as it's art and as long as it's, you know, you know. And so there's a wonderful conversation in Dada that you, you can find where people did these really amazing interpretations. Some of them are classic, like, you, like a Michelangelo, you know, yeah. like a... Some of them are kind of, uh, you know, conceptual, but, but it's art. And that's the difference. The difference is in the intent, right? Like people take time, even if it's with humor or even if it's... But there's some effort and some consideration. And not the intent to, like, I go into your house and I drop my pants and I take a dump. You right. know, I'm sorry. You know, because that's the trolling. That's, that's the difference yeah, between yeah. someone creating something and somebody doing something to disrupt negatively and it's, right? if you have a conversation it's like right now we're having this conversation and somebody came up and dropped their pants and threw a dick in our faces <laughs> then we would <laughs> how would we center that in real life I shudder to think <laughs> <laughs> you go like this <laughs> you can do that on your toe well, we tell them we tell them to get out and then yeah. we have to draw that picture back like fuck out like <laughs> You can't undo that. But you, you also, you design, you design for the best outcomes. And we, yeah. you know, what Bea was talking about yesterday about, like, incentives, if you know, which have to do with the business model. If your business model is all about growth and engagement, and that somehow gets translated into the best way to engage people is by making them angry or making them outraged, then you're going to have a lot of trolling and a lot of bullying, and that's going to be great for your business but that's really not great for the community. Yeah. But we did, did design for collaboration instead of competition, for instance. We, don't, we had a leaderboard, we took it out. It's like, who needs this? Who right. needs to know who is in first place and who is in second right. place? Oh. It's not relevant. And those things, those little details change behavior. You know, People understand that they're coming into a place that is safe, that is fun, that is respectful, mm. and they are not censored that they can do whatever... As you know, as long as it's within the tenor of, of what they see in the rest of the page, you know. How many conversations are on Dada? Like ninety thousand, no? We have we have close to a hundred thousand drawings. Conversations. Uh, at some point, we knew. I think I can give you the number. I have to ask Abraham. But but thousands I would say, though, probably right. But probably thousands. Yeah. yeah. So people can go all the way back to the Genesis conversation? Yeah, and they can bring it back because if you respond, then the conversation is back. And does it move on to like the front page again? Yeah, like, yeah. if you if somebody... Find, they do that all the time. Yeah. They find... Because you, it's amazing how it also it creates nostalgia. Yeah. So for some people, it's like, 
oh, these people were drawing at that time, and then they bring it back. And yeah. Are there conversations where people talk to themselves? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about split personality? Can you tell if somebody has, like, split personality by the way they talk? What does happen is that they answer, it's not that they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but like they start the riff and they, they continue their story. So we have like graph, like we have a wonderful artist, Raul Avila, who does graphic novels. So he answers a lot because he has this story in his head. So you can do that as well. There are people Almost who, like you're storyboarding your... Exactly. There are yeah. people who like to draw solo. Yeah. We have a, an artist, her name is Maria Garcia. She has probably made 10,000 drawings. And wow. She has made the most drawings in the platform. And she is amazing, but she's not a trained artist. She's like uh, a very talented, very raw kind of talent. Uh, and uh, she draws series of cars, I don't know, 500 cars. Then she draws series of like Bible stories, nightmares. Uh, ballerinas, but it's really unbelievably imaginative and really interesting. So people can can use it for in many ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where where are the artists from generally? Like the most, I guess. Where's the community based out of? Like I know it's worldwide, but where's you the know, hub at? We started. We grew the community uh, uh, with uh, through Facebook ads. And at the time, if you uh, bought Facebook ads for Latin America, they were extremely affordable. So the cost per acquisition was, was very low. We actually uh, created a, an app for Facebook so that people could draw from Facebook without leaving Facebook. And nice. that's how we grew the community. So we had a lot of people from Latin America. But right now, there's people from really pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we keep seeing people from... You know, everywhere, Africa, Indonesia, China, Japan, Europe, the United States. Yeah. A lot of blockchain people. Now, after the Rare Art Festival, we also started getting sure. this the really pepes. interesting... Sure. The Pepe's. I've Yeah, there. man. Joe Looney. <laughs> shout out. He, he put us on that tweet. It kind yeah. of changed everything for us, yeah. really. So, Yo, that, Joe, that, thank you. That Joe Looney tweet... Uh, you know, and then people following up on it. Yeah, that Amazing. changed the game. I mean, that it's blockchain time. That yeah. festival got organized in one month. Yep. In the real world, it would have taken six months to get that stuff done. It, it, it was amazing. Yeah, we were talking to Rare Art Labs guys on the last episode about that. Just how how they just jumped on that tweet and he turned it into an event. Speaking, speak were, of the devil. They were amazing. And there he is. Look, there's there Kevin. Kevin. Kevin walks by right now. Kevin, speak of the devil. <laughs> Oh. Well, welcome to our little conversation with... Yeah, we're talking to Dada. We, you just walked by as we were, were talking about the tweet. Thank you. They were just talking about the, the we're January We were saying about you, you guys putting together the Rare Art Festival and how that changed the game for many of us, right? You know, so that was very cool. Yeah. And they pulled an all-nighter, so I'm sure you're exhausted. A lot of all-nighters. Well, I actually got a little bit of sleep last night, but okay. yeah, most of us... <laughs> nice. So, I yeah, see. You too, bro. So, so what is the? All right. So you, back in October, you tokenized some of your favorites or some of the most like the creepiest you, and weirdest because we decided to launch right, yeah, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought, like, well, let, let's do something them- thematic. And so we found the creepy, creepy, weird, a hundred called Creeps and Weirdos. Creeps and Weirdos. Yeah. And that's what we launched. And yeah. so what is going to be the next iteration of Dada's 
So we now, the, the first thing now, especially now that we're with consensus, one of the, the uh, priorities is to decentralize uh, the platform. Okay. So what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to add, it for every new drawing, it's going to be, because it's native on the platform, every new no drawing is going to be hosted in IPFS and it's going to have associated a, a 721 token. Um, and then from there, once we migrate all the drawings, the 100,000 drawings that we have into IPFS, what we're going to do is start launching collections, but based on the conversations. And we're going to figure out, now we have to figure out, for instance, whatever is like unique to us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we were just talking to someone that was saying you can add hashes from one drawing to another so you know that which one is before or after okay. so there's so many things that we could do that are very innovative that, that we have to figure out that are exciting and we want to make sure that whatever collections the way they're bought the way they're uh, has to do with our values so their conversations uh, we want the collectors to have a meaningful creative experience what does that mean right. how do we how do we offer something more than just buying a drawing right so we're, that's what we're going to start experimenting with are, are you all working with um, or have you thought about it or are you you might already be working with mural on anything yeah we love we love them yeah. we, we i think that would be cool like yeah. if you have a conversation just keep going by and you yeah, the scroll, the scroll just a scrolling even as like a teacher aid or something i mean like yeah. a lot of that would like yeah, 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 find a conversation on data and related to your your classroom study or something, you know, like yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so we know blood for psychology. A long, a long time, yeah, so. psychology for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we we brought blood into the rare uh, uh, fest. I mean, we is is it's more about the how what is going to be our really business model first, yeah, and then put you know start doing things that make sense to right. that. So, um, which one of y'all spoke? You, one of y'all spoke at this. I, I, we've been stuck back here, but what didn't yesterday you spoke at this? No, it was there. Uh, okay. uh, yesterday or today? Oh, yesterday I, I spoke. What um, was your talk on yesterday? About how to end the starving artist. How to what? How to end the starving artist. <laughs> How the end of can the you, starving can artist. Can you give us a... Uh, <laughs> How to end the starving that, artist. Well, that, the the end of the starving artist. <laughs> that that a, uh, what is it? TDLR on that? Like a quick uh, summary of that talk? Yeah, sure. So that's a big claim, right? But I think... I really, truly believe that the, the basically the way to end the starving artist paradigm is by giving people freedom. And freedom means the concrete possibility to do your art and live a full and fulfilling and rewarding life right so that means that doesn't mean making a lot of money that doesn't mean it, may, it means that you can actually do your art and live well right right so in, in that it, that translate for us into offering um, UBI for artists or, or some kind of guaranteed income for the artists that are contributing to our community okay and I would I would think that a lot of the artists that are in um, countries with less economic stability and such like to sure. sell a piece on Dada you know for something that maybe in America would I mean, turn their head at 
is a really big deal because they could probably eat off that for a month. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we we thought a lot about that. Uh, we asked our artists, for instance, how much would would you have to earn in order for for you to feel that your life changed? Yeah. Right? I mean, five hundred dollars a month sometimes. Wow. Three hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars if you're in Europe. So it's not that much, and um, so. Imagine what we need to do is to bridge that uh, gap between somebody like Jason Bailey who feels like he can give 20 with $20 every few days he's actually making an impact and a yeah. difference and somebody in Chile or in, in, in Kenya that $500 a month will completely change their lives. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's pretty... Uh that's one of those things when we have our guests on, they say well, blockchain is going to change the world and all that stuff. That's that's something that's, you know, you're so like a, almost at, like, a, like a, a way of redistributing, right? Yeah, redistributing yeah. Uh, value. Yeah. One of the things that Bea was saying yesterday is that we cannot replicate what already exists out there. You know, like the, the, the economic model of like whatever free market speculation and rampant greed yeah. with the blockchain. We right. need to find a different model for artists. And, sure. and you know, it may not be like, uh, uh, like the unicorn of, of uh, profits or whatever, but uh, it will, the artists are, are actually the focus of it. Well, I mean, what I say is that decentralization can take many forms. May I say it again? Sorry. Oh. oh, shit. What I say is that decentralization is not a solution per se, right? Blockchain is not a solution per se. Decentralization can mean anything from yeah. libertarianism to social anarchism. Right. So if we're thinking about, okay, artists need to take power and we're just like taking out the, the intermediaries, but it's all about I need to sell you I need to find somebody who to sell. I need to negotiate with you the value of something that I don't even know how to value because it's priceless to me. Um, then we're not really solving anything. But that's what we have in the real world. Yeah, it yeah. will be just decentralized, right. right? And you have speculation already in the crypto collectibles yeah. uh, space. You have a lot of the same problems. Right. So to me, it's like, well, we have an opportunity to do something different. That's what is in, interesting. And I... Another thing, as an industry, we really have to like make an effort not to fuck it up again. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, because so. it, that's always the discussion: is why is this thing valued at X? Why did somebody pay X for this? And the answer is, is that there are probably things that everyone who's a collector is willing to pay a lot for. Right? There are certain things that I like to collect and it might seem ridiculous that I was willing to pay for it but it's a personal value and that's the element that is if I'm willing to donate blood if I'm willing to cut my hair whatever it is that is that is that I think is a reflection of the value I have with regard to this thing it's not always money but measuring value is not Simple. It shouldn't. It and should, it's subjective. And it's and personal. It's, yeah, and, it's a social and it's value sometimes. Like right. within your own. Yeah. Exactly. Few friends might want something that nobody else wants, but the three of you are going to vie to get it because it's yeah. important to you. That swag between your alls. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I, 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 but it, but it's like we like I, I had a conversation with a friend that said he's a musician and he said, well, there's some songs. That if somebody asks me the value, I will say $10,000 because they've been with me my whole life. They, they were important in the moments 
uh, in important moments in my life, right? So I would say if I had the 10,000, I would put 10,000. But the other side of it is what is the system? Because I, I've been having these conversations today with different people and they're very controversial because I'm completely against auctions. Why? Because it's a gamble. You're gambling, you're commoditizing art and we, we're not even aware that that's what we're doing, right? So right. everybody's like, oh yeah, great, an auction. But what you're really doing is commoditizing art. And it's, it's all excitement and gambling. And it's, yeah, it's, that's part of it. Right, that's it's part fun. Of it. that's part it's, of it. it's, it's the fun. fun element. And, yeah. and, and I understand that it's fun. I understand that it's exciting. But the reality is that it has nothing to do with the art. It has all to do with who can pay more and who's having more fun. So, so we have to think about those things if we really have to change. Yeah, and when you're when you're auctioning for a purpose, and that's one thing I have difficulty when you like because I've had work from my gallery donated for auctions, right? And so they'll they'll come to you as if you own a gallery. They'll say, oh, some somebody who's interested in a cause or whatever, and they'll ask you, can you donate a piece for this great cause? Now you might really care about this great cause, and uh, and for the most part you do. But if it, if it gets sold and that organization gets the money, the artist isn't getting the money because the artist has donated it for the purpose of whatever the good thing is. And then there's a value on that. But it might be false because most of the people, because people will, nobody came to the gallery as a result of buying that piece, right? And the pieces, there are other pieces by that same artist and nobody would come back to the gallery because they wanted that piece. They were basically giving money to the cause. They were more interested in the cause, which I don't, I don't, I don't mind that, but it's not necessarily a good thing for the artist. Because it's because more more likely than and not, they expect that too. Or maybe right. we can figure out like can can we use art as a currency then? Can 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 we find ways in sure which I'm given right? right? But right. we do it all the time with, exactly. with music and art. Like I, I give somebody a piece and uh, you know they won't give me money, but they might give me something else. They might watch my kid for a week or something. Exactly. You know I mean? like stuff like so, that. but let's figure out a system that is that it doesn't. There's corrupt the, the actual meaning that you want. Right, right. Well, I actually started doing things because it was making me so upset because then you're you're pressured into doing, to participating in it because everybody else is doing it. And your entire, you know, the, the, the little merchant community where I was, everybody was donating their something for this cause. And so I made it a requirement that they advertise the artist. Sure. That because before they didn't, it wasn't necessary because it was all about the auction. But that's what I made it as a requirement. Is if you're going to do this, and my art, you know, the artist was kind enough to, you know, do this, then you and it has to be part of your press release that all the, the names of the artists who don donated their work. Because regardless of, well, we're a nonprofit, we don't really have the money to do all that. Well, then, yeah, that should be part of the the deal. Is that you, you're telling us you don't have any money as a result of sale? Yeah, you now have money. Do, do a press release and include the artist in your press release there. Sure. I find it that. interesting that you one would think, well, if the art, the art fetched a huge amount, maybe uh, then the work of the artist will go up in value. But that's not the case because it's kind of a one-off. People know it was done for a very specific reason, and so it doesn't really translate into more money for for that artist that so generously donated. Uh, but we are very focused on the artists themselves and not on the art. And I was I was listening to Kevin Abosch talk about this the other day. You know that he he tokenized himself 
because uh, he did like this very famous work, I think the potato that fetched like a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And he he said the rose, a rose, a rose. Yeah. But he was he was saying that he saw like the value like shift from what people were talking about the art, then people were just talking about the money. They were just talking about the the value that was assigned to that, and so he started this this process of commodifying himself. So I think that's kind of a provocative thing, but that's exactly what we're trying to avoid, you know? I, I kind of looked at that, like, I don't know the whole story, but the way I look at it from outside perspective, it, it seemed almost like a troll of the art world. Yes. Like, yeah. to see, you know, how... Because I guess he's pretty well-known for doing those type of things. And so he came to the blockchain space because, you know, there, there's definitely greed in blockchain space, and he's probably just like... He knows how to market himself to yeah, but, really but, pop that off. You but know? it's provocative, like that provocative, thing that he, exactly. he. I think it's for up for auction here, like yeah. or like this. You know, stealing these yeah. uh, these hash is a is a crime. Yeah. And he said that it took people days to actually steal something from it. But wow, really? just that, I mean, he thought that it would be gone like yeah. that. So it's kind of interesting. But but another thing that we, for instance, we we need to devise. We need to think. We don't want to have influencers. We don't want to have people you know who have like this power over who gets elected who doesn't get voted voting influencing we we need to find a way to do this so that you don't have like the artists that are su super successful and then a bunch of artists that are not seen uh, because we have the conversations I think we you know the conversations are collaborative and so there may be a piece on a conversation that actually changes the you know changes gives it a twist and it may not be the most beautiful drawing but it may it may be very valuable also because it, it is kind of very meaningful so uh, that's another one of the things that we're looking into you know how like the curation how is that going to happen is the community going to do it you have some ideas about that well uh, again I'd like for for us it's like we're trying to figure out how to maintain the magic that we already have and we have to design that in a way that that magic happened right so we know that it's everything is about design and and everything is about incentives and you get certain behaviors according to those incentives so i heard a lot about curation for the communities and and how you get a whole community curated but if you if, if you do that if like What usually happens is either you curate for the best, right? Or you curate for the... But the, the best is always the most popular, which is never the most challenging or the most sophisticated. It's just the most popular. And, uh, and it's this idea of the best. Like, it doesn't... Like, it does, again, it's very subjective. It's like value. So, so to me, these solutions where you have, okay, experts, and then you have somebody like me, deciding over all of you what's best on animation let's say because that's my expertise then you start getting all these like middlemen and these like gatekeepers that you have to uh, yeah the, these gatekeepers and then you, they, then I have to like uh, find ways to get you interested in my work because you are the expert that's gonna actually make me be visible And, and then you have the experts, you have the influencers, and we, I think, I actually think that influencers should be eradicated from society. The, the concept of, right, I don't want to be an influencer. 
But it is but, uh, somewhat the it is human nature, the curation element of it, because most people are lazy. They want somebody to tell them what is what is good. The thing is, with regard to what is good, maybe you need to have more variety in in the similar exactly. space. So, so because with 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 particular piece, for example, something that's popular, like you were saying, then it, it encourages imitation. Because then, how many variations of Crypto Kitty it, are there? Well, right? it, it encourages, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the image because the, the image that's exactly because people don't want to necessarily like okay we'll just launch off of this pad that has already been done and then we don't have to it's not necessary for us to actually do something innovative because somebody already did the work and then it becomes confused right well I like the, but but I, but I, I, I will disagree right okay. I, I, first of all I don't think people are lazy I think I think the problem <laughs> is the problem well, that's is nice <laughs> no I, I don't but the problem is. Again, the incentives. If, if for me, like when I went to art school, the line of, of, the, of the art school I went to, it was very hyper-realism. It was very like this thing. So the only way you could get great, uh, good grades was doing what they thought was the best, which is hyper-realism, have amazing you know, technical skills. That's not necessarily... So if, you, if you're forced... To go in a direction, of course. That's why we have so so many derat- de- derivative uh, art, because they know that that's probably what people are gonna like. So let me do more of that, right? But if you actually create a system in which what you are valuing is self-expression and originality, and originality I mean by having your own voice and everything, and that is what is valuable and how how expressive it is, then you're gonna have less derivative. Then you're gonna have much more interesting work. So I think that's is is how you place it. People are forced to do certain things because that's the most popular. That's how they're gonna get attention it, or, or it, money, right? But it's hard to be that unique. It's so hard to right. to have such a unique voice. But you, you gave me an idea. Just just as in Dada, artists actually we can see them improving their skills naturally as they practice. I just thought, imagine that you were saying, well, people don't know or people are lazy. Well, we could actually kind of, I don't know if it's train or teach people to discern better, to, to use a different criteria, you know, not to think that, you know, to understand that there are there is more than one criteria, no, that it's not all about perfection or hyper-realism or, or popular or whatever, but it's also about expression, like you say, or a sense of humor or, or other stuff. I don't, and I'm not saying so much the artists. What the artists are trying to appeal to something that the consumer is interested in. So it's not. Not. I didn't want to imply that the artists are lazy. I'm saying the the people who are buying the art are. They like to see something similar because then they can think, okay, I've seen something like this before. It's attractive to me. So artists tend to, at least I'll just say from my experience, will. Um, if they're trying to make a sale, it's easier to That's work what with what's yeah. familiar. That's what I'm saying. I think you're completely right. Yeah. And, and I think you're also right in what we're going to try to do instead of curate for the best. It's really figure out a way, and we don't know how we're going to do this. But we have to figure out a way where it's about diversity. It's about as many different things out there and whoever finds value can find it yeah. right you don't want data to be uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong but you don't want data to be like this one type of thing like you want yeah you want it all yeah. spread out so right? I, I think you are right I, I just think that we are right to the conclusion in a, in a different yeah. from different ways it, it just didn't you know travel and going from place to place and your tastes change 
And then you start noticing things because you're introduced to different yeah. things. Which is a beautiful Evolving. thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's a beautiful, uh, meaningful but experience you have to have value. in itself. But right? that has to be valuable to you because it isn't valuable to everyone. So that's the thing that I think is interesting in how do you change how do you change the value? Because I think it's valuable to have, you know, being exposed to different things. It's not valuable to a lot of It's not valuable to everyone to have. Yeah, I think green frogs are valuable. You, it's a lot of y'all don't. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? Like, it's, it's like that. That is the problem with digital art. And also the, one of the reasons why we, we, we feel it's important. People think, well, how can I hang it? Where do I hang it? You know, and we're like, well, you don't hang it. <laughs> and I always say, you know, you know I always say, you know, we are, you know, we, we, all the media we consume, we do it on our screens, whether books, on tablets, whether it's the news, whether it's movies, whether it's music, everything comes from a device. But the minute you talk about art, people want a wall, you know, and, and the, you know, in our case, for instance, I think that it may help people to actually value the fact that you can buy a digital piece, beautiful piece of art by a real artist from the ease of your sitting in front of your computer, not having to go through any kind of intimidating process except like installing MetaMask. Uh, (laughs) You know, but you don't have to go to a gallery where they're going to look at you with snooty eyes. Judge. Like judge judge and and they're going to look at how you're dressed and they're going to go, you don't have $50,000 to buy anything. So you can collect art or you can get in touch with artists and you can experience art for me the most important part is that to bring art back into people's lives you know the art world has made art irrelevant for the majority of people yeah. because people cannot even go anywhere near it unless they go to a museum on a free and night they can't afford it you anyway. know here, exactly here. Mm-hmm. and so and so imagine digital art what we are doing and what everyone else in this space is doing in pepe's included everyone is saying you can do it. You don't need an expert. You don't need a gallery. You don't need a curator. You need your it's taste and your passion and your community. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's one of the most exciting things about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that is very true. What? Um, I guess we're going to wrap up here soon. What? Um, I, I promised you guys five minutes. What is, what is it now? It's been a great conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I you guys are great interviewers. Y'all, y'all have a, y'all are going in, in July to London to Christie's. Um, I guess are you all out there still propagating, sending the message and all that stuff? Even though you know you, you got your funding now and stuff, you're not slowing down. Like y'all are no, out we're, here doing the message. Now right? that we ha- have consensus uh, backing us, you know we're going to be extremely busy. But because this is so new, not only the space but even. Dada is kind of new for most people. We really need to to uh, you know bring people on and explain to them everything, how it works, what we just talked about, the platform, the marketplace, all the stuff that we're going to be experimenting that we frankly are going to be finding out on our own. So yeah, one thing about you mean about like going out and, and yeah, outreach like and outreach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so so for instance today we we, we met a japanese uh, woman who has this amazing they have this amazing organization and they want to bring us to japan to tokyo to activate their community there right awesome. like that's amazing like that yeah. we will do that in a second consensus has offices did you in- picture all this six years ago like did you imagine how big data was going to get 
Like, uh, this, well, this is part of this is, yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you envision this. Yeah. Well, uh, no, but, but, but it's like, uh, I mean, we're, we're not different than we were when we met five months ago. And, right, and, right. and a year ago, we had no money whatsoever, yeah, right? Yeah. So th- th- there's no difference, and we won't forget that either, yeah. right? Like, how, how you start and yeah, how, yeah. how hard you, you work. It's just an evolution. Right, right. So I, I do think that things are going to change very quickly and yeah. we're going to move really fast yeah um and and what what this means is that we we can get the message out to more people and that's important so the other thing is for instance in latin america i think it's so important especially for you know for africa for latin america southeast asia uh we have an opportunity we have so many friends who write who are journalists there's nothing in latin america talking about what's happening in blockchain and art sure in, in Spanish, I mean. Right. So that's something, right? So that, like, only you and a few others are actually talking in English, imagining the other languages. Right, right. So I think we were taking that seriously to how to get the message out in Spanish for the Latin American artists and do the same for other regions, right? That's very important because that's what the information what gives you the power. And if they don't have that, then... They can take advantage of it. I have a provocative question. Yes, sure. I love those. What happens if, um, let's just say, this is kind of crazy, but what happens if, like, ISIS, ISIS, I don't even know if they exist anymore, a terror network couldn't communicate somehow, and they were like, you know what? We figured out, we found data NYC, and we're going to draw pictures to each other and communicate that way. Is that... Well, I, I mean, if, if we get to, like, organize a terrorist attack <laughs> yeah. visually, that, I mean, I don't... I don't that, would, <laughs> that would be... Right? But... That might be... <laughs> that, that, the that, art that, might be worth something. But, but, um, but, no, listen, like, the whole thing is that we are designing to... I mean, we're designing to avoid people who wants to speculate. We're designing to avoid people who are competitive. We're designing to avoid those kind of... So you're not, I don't think we ever get any, even if it's visual, any kind of conduct that is... That it's, just not, it's just the community is going to reject it and, or you're not even going to try. And the way and you're that is what talking you about is like to, uh, putting everything on the ERC 2721 and then moving forward, then the consensus... Then it's everything not going to allow trackable. that pretty yeah. much, right? It's, like it's the trackable. people will pretty much kill that off because yeah. but, that's but how consensus works, right? Well, like, hold on, every every drawing that somebody would put up would have to be approved. We have to no, it's oh. not it's not approved. But but the, 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 uh, to me, at the end, it's like how you how you design a system with that just doesn't happen. Like where people don't draw dicks. You can't undo that. Well, when people don't even think that this is a possibility to do something, right? So it, the fact that it's transparent, that it's that, like all of those things are important, but the, it's the community really what makes the difference, right? It feels, you feel when something is a little bit out of tone. Yeah. With, and that's going to seem like it's going to be the biggest challenge for you guys to keep the... That's keep exactly, the, which is why we haven't rushed into like just selling stuff like yeah. crazy because it will completely change it. Yeah. And and I'm very grateful to Consensus that they understood that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they could have gone to other projects who may have, you know, selling more or but I think this is this is the, the thing that will really that will really 
be a game changer, mm -hmm. right? If we figure it out. And certainly the passion that you've had all this time is a has an effect because that that uh, influences what other people think too. Because I probably if consensus next year says okay is nice, you guys would still do it. I, I'm convinced of that. That even if consensus decides we don't. We've yeah. done all we can. Y'all are still going to be doing it. You guys it. are still going to do it. <laughs> At least I think so. Y'all are good spirits wrong. to be in the forefront. Y'all have that you know, good yesterday, energy. Yesterday, in the, in the talk, that uh, Bea talked about, like, we walked away from a half a million dollar investment, and we had $50 in the bank. Wow. I mean, and, and, and we, that was kind of like the... the Kind of the method, not a metaphor, but like a symbol that we used for the talk yesterday because, you know, we looked at each other, saw the terms that these good people wanted, and we thought, this is going to kill us, yeah. you know. They will take all the control, they will not give any real value, they don't understand what we're trying to do, and we need the money desperately, but it's going to destroy this thing. And it was consensual, we said no. Yeah, well, we, we met, we, we negotiated for about two months and a half. They came to New York, everything. I mean, I, the, these are nice people. It's just like the way the the, the terms uh, were structured will have killed our, yeah. our opportunity for us to, to actually make the decisions according to our values. And we were five, five of us. We sat one night and it took us 30 minutes to say no. And that was it. Wow. Are you all still in touch? Oh yeah, they're all still working. Uh, uh, well, not with the investors, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, okay, no. They're yeah. nice people, but but but, okay. but the team, we, you know, and we were really in a very desperate, a desperate place. But that that goes to say that that's why number one, we're going to continue doing what we're doing, and you know, we don't know what's going to happen. We hope to succeed. Yeah. All kinds of things can happen in this space with the tokens and the SEC and whatever. I mean, we don't know, but we have been through such a roller coaster that. You know, I, I think at this point nothing can really kill us. <laughs> you can be pre you're prepared for anything. Nothing kills us, and also, and also the, the amazing thing, the amazing thing is that is the community, though. I mean, we're like you guys have been super supportive. Like the community is like the the community, the crypto community, the crypto art community is amazing. I, I feel so like I feel like maybe we're Dada in like 2016. Maybe we're like doing this for blood, sweat, tears, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, this is so inspiring. You don't even yeah. know. <laughs> but you, you have to I'm keep at it. You know? the base for 10 hours Listen, the minute we become trillionaires, we'll fund your podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on another subject, what does Dada ladies like to do outside of the blockchain world? Can can we can we get I, a little personal yeah, here? Yeah, well, you know, I write about movies. I love movies, so that's my other passion, or probably even my main passion. I haven't been able to write a film review since for months, but we go a lot to the movies. Uh, you know, I don't know. I like to write. We have a dog called Petra, who is the boss of Petra? us. She she's the CEO of Dada. <laughs> you know, uh, the a actual cutie. CEO. A yeah. And uh, what what do I do? Judy's very extroverted, and she likes to go out all the time. And friends, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I'm an introverted and. 
I don't do a lot of outside blockchain, actually. Yeah. I, 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 now that you say that. <laughs> we, um, we need to get you on vacation. It's not time, though. It's not time for no, vacation. No, no, actually, I like to travel. So, yeah, okay, so okay. I, I actually just came back from three months of, of traveling solo in, in South America, just on, ba- on a bus. But that was, that was a lot of talking about what you're doing, too, right? Like meeting up with artists in the community and stuff well, like but, that. But, I mean, for two months, I didn't really talk to anyone, oh, wow. right? Because I... I that's what I, I mean, after the Rare Art Fest and all of that, I, like the, the last thing I wanted to do was talk. talk. <laughs> so I just went solo. Did you go to the jungle and drop acid or something? Or? I, I went, I did, I did ayahuasca in Peru. I did, I did, I did. I did ayahuasca in Peru, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I was like, but I was working every day normally. I just... Not in an office, but just traveling around. Yeah. But the thing is that, yeah, I mean, at the end, it's like what's meaningful, right? Yeah, what's yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's up. It's so. Grounded. It's grounded. Well, it, keeps, it keeps you, yeah, it keeps yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. Um, and y'all ladies are local to NYC. Most of the time, you're not yeah. traveling, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, most of the team, four of us are here. We have some... Uh, Two of our lead developers, one is in Brazil, he just moved to Brazil, another just moved to to, uh, to Spain because of they couldn't get the visa, we couldn't get the visas, even mm. if they were approved, uh. we couldn't get them stamped so that it could be here. In the United States right now, the government is simply not dealing yeah. with stuff, so the visa process was completely like... They, like and there was no yeah, no, well, I mean it was approved here but they could never stamp it uh, and really? we have another new team new uh, team member in, in in Albuquerque so which is uh, who uh, in Albuquerque Sam in Albuquerque, oh, Albuquerque. so okay. we're, we're we're decentralized yeah <laughs> <laughs> but four of us are in New York yeah. okay very cool <laughs> and um, any I guess uh, I'll, I'll plug it for you go to data dada dot nyc that's d-a-d-a dot nyc um i i signed up a while ago but i've been so busy editing the goddamn podcast <laughs> that i haven't even had a chance but i was telling uh judy that i just got a uh ipad and a pen so i'm definitely going to be you know conversating joe chapera draws in his ipad with a pen the only problem with the ipad it's not we no we don't have a native application oh, really? it's not you can't the color palette doesn't work very well but you can draw your you know in black and white that, Happily, it'll be good because I travel a lot, and I be, that's where I, I haven't been drawing on paper in a while, so I need to. That's why I got everybody, you guys, too. The other thing, if I may plug also, you can go to slash art gallery and check out the drawings that are for sale, absolutely, and claim the free ones. We have three free ones that you can claim. How do they claim them? Well, basically, you know, all you have to do is pay the gas. They don't They don't have a price. You oh, have to wow. have a MetaMask wallet. You have some ETH, and that's it. You heard that. That's the air horn sound going off right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to get the experience of buying on the blockchain. It's a yeah. good way of doing it. Awesome. Well, we appreciate y'all's time. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is great. Great, 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 great. Shout out to Bits Online, bitsonline.com. Get all your valuable resources about crypto, tech, and other uh, cool articles, not just uh, shilling things, they're actually doing some quality writing, think pieces, and um, they're active supporters of our podcast. Big up, Bits Online.